Hey, Justin. Yeah. Remember that thing we used to do where we would start an episode with an intro and the only people that were allowed to talk were the people whose teams won? Yeah. Yeah, let's do that. Oh, okay, yeah. That, that's great. That sounds like a really great <laughs> yeah, time. how you doing, Justin? Oh, good, man. How are you? I'm doing all right. Oh, that's very good, very good. Unfortunately, well, it works out because Matt's dead, so he can't talk anyway. Well, yeah, yeah, dead people can't talk, so there's nothing wrong with yeah. that. Yeah, Matt is still dead, if you were wondering. Of course he's still dead. He died. Right. Stop asking. Right. How did Steelers do? Did Steelers do pretty good, Kuiper? Yeah, oh, they, that's right. They yeah, did they, win. They, 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 they pretty much bullied the Los Angeles Rams from, like, whistle to whistle, pretty yeah. much, outside of, like, the opening drive. That's oh, really good. It's yeah. really good. Yes. Okay, Packers had a Packers had a little bit of a scary moment at the end, but yeah, it was it's, mostly domination, yeah, the, you know, right? The, the, the Carolina boys. Yeah the, yeah, the second half was really dominant. The first Corral, half was a little Corral scary. McCaffrey about as much as you could. Yeah, and then yeah. towards the end, it got a little scary. They had to do goal line stand, but they got the job done. Yeah. But they, they, Carolina would have still had to go for a two point to put it in overtime. So like, yeah. you know, it's it's, it's whatever. The so Corey, how did the Saints do? Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to football after dark, everybody. Today I'm joined by Corey, who could talk now. I was so like, how do you? <laughs> Let's just go right. Wait, wait, wait. wait. You, you know who we all are. Go ahead, Corey. You've been waiting days for this. <laughs> I was so like. I was dumbfounded when I was the only one that picked the Titans to beat the Chiefs. Just like, first of all, we know the history of the Titans and the Chiefs. There's no way they're not going to fucking beat the Chiefs. Well, it's 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 the antithesis of the Chiefs. It's a terrible offense with a good defense that's going to run the ball down your fucking throats. And that's what beats the Chiefs. Yeah, but I thought, like, oh, man, Patrick Mahomes' comeback game. Fuck Pat Mahomes. <laughs> Damn. Damn. You, you think you'd get away with saying this kind of shit because Matt's dead. What is wrong with you? <laughs> no, Matt's thinking the same thing. Right? Because, because, Pat Mahomes what, had an incredible no, game. No, no, no. Do you want to know why he's saying that? Because had Matt Moore played in that game, won? defense would have played good. Yes, they, just, they just get soft when Pat Mahomes yep. because they're like, ah, oh, Pat will Pat's going to throw for 447 yards. Yeah, he did. They still lost. Right. <laughs> That's <laughs> true. Doesn't matter if it's Marcus Mariota, Ryan Tannehill. Fucking, he could have put Cody Whitehurst out there. <laughs> they oh would have beat, beat the Chiefs. Fucking, yeah. They are 1-3 against the AFC South this year. Jesus Christ. They lost to the Texans, they lost to the Colts, and they lost uh, to the Titans, obviously. The only game they won was the Jaguars game. Fuck. They, they tend to beat the Jags. They do tend to beat the Jaguars. Um, interesting thing about that is that only one of those teams might finish over 500. Especially with the Colts not knowing about Jacoby Brissett's health, and man, did they look bad. They said they it, uh, I saw a thing that they're probably he's going to probably play this week. Right, that's good. Yeah. Because, man, that was... I'm sure after that game, it's like, we need to put Jacoby in. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's been sleepy. He's been a sleepy, incredible quarterback this year. I, I'm Jacoby just... Brissett. The Chiefs are just like... I don't even know how to explain. First of all, obviously, they had the Nick Wright kiss of death, which was Nick Wright going on <laughs> national television and saying that the Chiefs were not going to lose again until next year, and they immediately lost. Oh, yeah. Nick Wright just coming in and just 
he tried to act confident, but you could see the fear in his eyes. That's mm-hmm. what it was. It yeah. was you, you see that fear in his confidence, the facade. I feel like that fear is in Nick Wright's eyes every time he talks about the Chiefs because he knows their past. Yeah, because he knows that there's only one team in the NFL that could have a situation where they have a muffed punt, two missed kicks, uh, uh, two of their offensive linemen go down on back-to-back plays. Like they have a running back fumble. Recovered, picked up, run in for a touchdown. Their quarterback throws for over 440 yards, and they lose. There's only one team in the NFL that could ever have all of those things happen to them in one game. That's the Chiefs. And that's the Chiefs. That's it. That's... Luckily, Matt didn't have to see it. No, because he's dead. Because he's dead. Yeah. So, you know. I do I do have a... Matt, on a serious note, Matt stopped watching that game right before they punted the muff punt. <laughs> Did he really? Yeah, that's funny. He's like, I thought, I what happened? I thought we won. Like, there was less than two minutes left. We were punting the ball away with good field position. What happened? <laughs> now, it does turn out to here, I do have the uh, the FadPod certified Ouija board. And at any point, if you guys want, I can, I can uh, contact Matt from Beyond the Grave and get his input on something. I just want him to know how he felt when Nick Wright made the proclamation that they weren't going to lose again. And now, with twenty twenty hindsight, how he feels about it, because that was a uh, that was rough. That was the shocking. That wasn't even. Was that the most shocking? Well, yeah. I want to know. The Atlanta New Orleans game. I don't know if you want to talk about it. I mean, it was. I don't. It's all right. So before that game happened, I was leaving work. It was about eleven. It was. It was ten thirty in the morning. All right, and I was I wore my Kamara jersey to work. I was talking to the security guard on the way out, and I, who was a Chiefs fan, so our interaction kind of just sealed our fates for our teams that day. Okay. <laughs> but, um, uh, he saw my jersey and he was like, "How y'all doing today or this year, man?" Like, and I was like, "We're doing good. We got we're seven and one." And he was like, "Who you got? Who playing today? The Falcons. They're one and seven. And then at the same time, we were like, I, I said that, and I was like. That's like a team that you got a situation you got to look out for. And as soon as I said that, we both finished the sentence and then we said the same thing because they hungry, you know, like the Falcons be hungry for that win in a division game. And like if we were holding a cassette VHS tape of Freaky Friday and there was a lightning strike at that moment, we would have switched bodies and like lives. <laughs> like that's, that's like we said it at the exact same time. Uh it was we- it was a weird thing because it's like, it's not that common of phrase. He's a, he's an, he's an older, uh, African American. I'm a younger, Caucasian. But we say the same thing, the same like slang at the exact same time. It was weird, and that sealed our fate. Just it did. Yeah, it really did. Uh, yeah. We lost our Andres Pete for six weeks. He broke his arm in that game that day. So that's gonna that's gonna suck that. That led to, you know, some of the terrible sacks that drew drew eight from the defensive tackles. Um, and I do agree that there are just some times where, game, first of all, divisional games where the second I saw Matt Ryan. Pull, there are records out the window when it's yeah, a division game. The, the difference is is when you see that Matt Ryan's playing. Because people like, oh, well, what about the Cincinnati-Baltimore game? Like, the difference is is that Ryan Finley played in that game. And not Andy Dalton. Like right. fast forward, like backtrack a month to the other time when Cincinnati played Baltimore. That was a six-point game. Right. You know what I mean? 
like when you have a when you have two quarterbacks that are have played each other how many times now at this point? Matt Ryan and Drew Brees have gone up, up up against each other maybe 20. Like Matt Ryan was drafted 2008, 2000, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, about 8 maybe 20 to 22 times. Not counting playoffs. Yeah. So like the second Matt Ryan was playing and I saw that the line in the game was like 14, I'm like no. I'm like no. Like that's if people if people were taking the Falcons like early, I'm like oh man. Like you're cashing that so hard because there's no even if the Saints win this game, there's no way they beat the Falcons by more than 14. Like this is in, a big. This is the biggest rivalry in the division in Atlanta. Yeah, like that's, it, like that's 14, 14 in Atlanta is so much. Yeah, it's that's a crazy. lot. That's crazy. I don't. I know Atlanta's been bad, but like, it's not. That's that's one of the lines that Vegas knows exactly what they're doing. Yeah. Like, um, big thing about that game. What happened with Mar uh, Marshawn Lattimore? Is he playing this week? I don't know. That's I haven't because man, that's... if he doesn't play, Mike Ev <laughs> Mike Evans is man. Mike Evans is refreshing his Twitter feed every day, hoping like God, I hope Marshawn Lattimore doesn't play so I can get a target. Like, dude, like that's that's like a big thing. I was like, I have I have Mike Evans and one of my. Uh, fantasy lineups yeah, this week. Yeah, I do like, too. Like, I have them in everyone. I was like, I was like, my boo boo the fool ass putting Mike Evans in a lineup when I know damn well he's playing against Marshawn Lattimore this week. Like, yeah, but like I don't know if he's playing. I'm like I just that that's gonna that's gonna be the big anyone that has Mike Evans in fantasy. If you're listening to this, pay check, attention to Marshawn. Yeah, pay attention to yeah. the Saints injury report because if Marshawn Lattimore plays. Do not start Mike Evans because Marsha, as Corey put it a couple weeks ago, Marshawn Lattimore really doesn't like Mike Evans. Like, really doesn't like him. And Marshawn Lattimore takes great pride in just erasing Mike Evans from the face <laughs> of the earth when they play. And if you don't believe me, go look when they played earlier in the year when Mike Evans had no catches for no yards. Because he was lined up against Marshawn Lattimore. Spooky. So, I don't know. Some players just have other players' numbers, dude. It happens. Yeah. I don't know what it is, man. It just happens. Speaking of no catches for no yards, Cooper Cup. Yeah, that was fucking wild. Man, Steelers' defense is something else. Just just plop, plopping good old Minka Fitzpatrick in there. Just fucking turn he, that thing into a machine. He could potentially break Paula Molly's record in only playing he didn't play the first three games for us and there's a chance that he's going to break Troy's record for interceptions in a season with seven he already has five and he yeah. plays we still have the Browns twice we still got the Bengals again we have Josh Allen we have Sam Darnold Lamar Jackson who threw three interceptions against us the last time we played him um so you're saying he's just going to have like 11 he he could finish I'm not just saying this because he's on my team but when you think about the players in the league that we had as front runners and how they've kind of tapered off like how is Minka Fitzpatrick not going to finish as like a nominee for defensive player of the year he has to I, I think he's the front runner right like now. like how do you not he's got five yeah. interceptions he's got three fumble recoveries two touchdowns he's got 30 plus tackles i think it might be 40 plus tackles now and he didn't it, play the first three games for the team that he's currently it's, on it's him and Nick Bosa. Like, yep. Yeah. That's it. Like, 
Which is those clear front runners. If Nick Bosa does, if Nick Bosa has that ever happened where a player has won Defensive Rookie of the Year and Defensive Player of the Year? I don't think so. I'm kind of I'm kind of rooting for that. That'd be insane. Over your own player? I I wouldn't be upset if Nick Bosa won at all. But no, the Steelers defense. I kind of I kind of don't. This is like because of Nick Bosa as a person. I don't want him to win. Yeah, but. Like as a player, like Nick Bosa has some questionable uh, political alignments. Political alignments, yeah. And not that, it, like Corey says, like it doesn't take away from the fact that he's a great player. And seemingly, the players on the 49ers don't have a problem with him. Right. So it's clear that whatever, whatever his affiliations are, they don't bleed into his his ability to be a teammate and his right. ability to just be a respectable human being, because he wouldn't be. There would be so many excited people on that team for him if he was not a good guy. Right. That's a big thing. Yeah. Like, Sherm has been outwardly about, like, nah, man, he's cool. Like, he's... Which, if anybody's going to be outspoken about that type of stuff, it's going to be Richard Sherman. Right. And Richard Sherman has not had any issues with Nick Bosa. That's good. Lawrence Taylor won it as a rookie in 1981. That's... Holy shit, that'd be, that'd be that, fucking insane. No one's done it since Lawrence Taylor. Holy crap. I don't know. But yeah, I, right now, yeah, it's got to be Nick Bosa and... Minka. And Minka. That's it yeah, for your Minka's defensive player two. of the year. Aaron Donald's um, been much less of a factor this year because of what we've talked about before. Khalil Mack. Yeah, but Khalil Mack, same thing. The Bears in general just degraded this year. Shaquille Barrett was up there, but his sack numbers tapered off. Jalen Ramsey's been in and out of the uh, in and out of lineups. He's been injured. J.J. Watt's obviously hurt. Um, trying to think of other like Bosa's missed a couple games. Joey Bosa, yeah, yeah. Like I can't it's really only, only two. It's really yeah. It's really only two at this point. And the fact that he didn't start on the Steelers and the fact that I ha- I've had like a lot of the older Steeler fans that I talk that irritate me. But I mean they have a point. Yeah. In when they say the problem with the Steelers was that they were trying to run out a similar type of defense, but they didn't have all the pieces for it. And they were like, in order for this Steeler defense to work, you need three things. You need two, and you need all three for it to really work. Right. You need two great pass rushers, an outside linebacker, and they do. Especially with TJ. TJ, I think, is way better than Bud. I think Bud's just playing higher because this is his contract year. So Bud's got something to prove. Yeah. But you got Bud to pre-TJ Watt. You need a fast middle linebacker that can cover space with Devin Bush. Yeah. They had it with Shazier, but then they lost him. He's like, and the final thing you need is you need a playmaking, smart, rangy safety. Yep. And he's like, and that's been the one thing they can they couldn't get. They whiffed we the Steelers have whiffed on so many defensive backs. We whiffed on Artie Burns, we whiffed on Cameron Sutton, we whiffed on Sean Davis. Like, we whiffed I, I don't know if Edmonds is gonna be that good. He's been hit or miss, but like if you can't do it in the draft, yeah, go get them. Just go get one. And a lot of people were questioning whether or not it was a good idea. Since we did, since we since we took the trade, we've lost one game, and that one game was to the Baltimore Ravens, where we led by three, and Justin Tucker kicked a game tying field goal to go into overtime after Lamar Jackson took a phantom roughing the passer hit. Speaking of overtime, game of the year, 
game of the year so Seattle, far. Seattle, yeah. San Fran. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. That was even yeah. even Russell Wilson was like, "Holy shit!" <laughs> he, he, he said he straight up said it was the craziest game he's how ever played in. Pissed is all right. First how, how, of all, pissed all right. Is, how pissed no. is Robbie Gold right now? No. Like what we have to fucking talk about is the fucking officiating once again. Man. Fucking Geno Smith calling tails, landing on heads, and then asking Geno, all right, Geno, what do you want? <laughs> Hails. <laughs> Tweet to, the Geno Smith uh, yesterday morning tweeted, Hails. <laughs> Just that. Because he knew. Yeah, he, he knew, knew he, he had said tails, and the referee yeah. said heads. <laughs> he got gifted a present. <laughs> fucking Geno Smith, two for two on overtime coin flips. But was by accident. <laughs> so now you got to put him in every game. One was it goes overtime. Not, not by accident. Incompetence. Yeah, yeah. And For like sure. the, the San Fran players can't do anything because they're like, he said tails, and then Gina just be like, no, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like they can go back and right. Re- we want no- video review for coin tosses. <laughs> With my live mics. They're going to have to, like, hold signs now to say which one they want. Yeah. With well, yeah. an H or a T on either side. Oh, my God. You can do that. You can send out the captain with a sign. You can do that if yeah. you really wanted to be completely 100% <laughs> like. But who does? What a, what a bullshit. It's, but it's not like it's something that's going to happen, like, ever again for, like, the next 10 years just yeah. because, like, this well, happened yeah. now. But, yeah, it, it just so happens that you have Geno Smith, the master of coin, coming out at the start of overtime. That's just, why he still has a job. Because I think Corey yeah. wrote in our group chat, like, why does Gino, why is Geno Smith still in the league? I'm like, because he's really go. good at calling overtime coin tosses. There it is right there. There he is. He's the, Geno Smith is the master of coin. Well, he just does what he wants. Uh, the reason why I wrote that is because, like... A lot of people are probably thinking, like, there's been a lot more, like, potentially talented quarterbacks that came out the past few years that have gotten jobs or that don't have jobs. But then we see Geno Smith, who has had multiple occasions to, you know, prove himself and he's always fall like fell. What happens is uh, they'll as he might not be as good as a quarterback as a lot of these people, but he uh has a higher football IQ. So mm. each each week it's uh the quarterback or the quarterback coach assigns assignments to the backup quarterbacks yeah. to go and review film like all right how many times do they run zone out of this formation? How many times do they run man? And they'd have to go through the the backup quarterbacks. It's their job to go through the past ten games and watch all the films that they did and watch the defense and get information and then give it to the quarterback, you know, by Thursday of that week. So it's, you have a lot of, they just have maybe a better work ethic, a study ethic than yeah. these other quarterbacks. And that's why you have more, like, that's why like I think a lot of these backup quarterbacks have done well this year is because they've been in situations where they're, like, you've had these star, like, quarterbacks, like, going and help like, you had Drew Brees that it definitely didn't like just let Teddy like out on his own. You know he was in like doing film work and everything oh, with yeah, Teddy. Absolutely. You have Taysom Hill in there doing work too. It's a it's a good. You had uh, fucking Nick Foles who was a career backup doing work for uh, Gardner Minshew, and then you have like fucking 
Brainiac Josh Dobbs in there too, like doing mm-hmm. all that stuff. That's why where you have Eli doing work for Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones got to get bigger hands. Yeah, Daniel Jones got to go have hand surgery, make Baby his hands, hands bigger. You get so he'll stop fumbling. Baby he hands. Didn't even, he didn't even fumble. He just grabbed it out of his hands. Right, because he got <laughs> tiny hands. You see They're Jamal like, Adams tweet after that was out the the SpongeBob thing. I'll be taking that. <laughs> that he tweeted the video like when when Patrick robs SpongeBob. Yeah. Jamal Adams tweeted that. This is great. It was really funny. Jamal Adams came out and said that he wants to be a jet for life. As long as the price is right. Yeah. Um Yeah, I don't know. That wow, we cycled way around. Um I guess the last thing I'll just say. But about. yeah, that was just my thing. Like that's like Gino is a veteran bat like that's why that's the veteran. He's in quarterback. The, that's why he's that, in the NFL. Yeah, he, he he knows how to do the work and the study work and help his quarterbacks out. Also he's two for two on coin tosses. Yeah. I walked away from that game after that game was over. Because it was obviously a fantastic game. It was probably the game of the year. Probably if it's not number one, it's number two next to the Saints and the Texans in week one, which I, I still I like think this one better because the overtime was insane. Um I I walked away from that game thinking two things. One, I don't necessarily think Seattle is better than San Fran. It was the first thing. Because a lot of weird stuff happened in that game. Like, San Fran not having Kittle, then losing Sanders. Big deals. Then losing Matt Breida. Another big deal. Then Seattle matching them by losing Tyler Lockett. Then again, he really only didn't play in overtime. That was really it. The yeah. kicking situation both quarterbacks got sacked a bunch jimmy fumbled both threw an interception dk metcalf had a ball ripped out of his arms as he was running into the end zone like that game ended and i was like i feel like if these two teams played again the game would look completely different like like i that was like a weird the only thing that would look the same is most valuable god Russell Wilson. The, the only, yeah, the only thing that yeah, would absolutely. be the same. That, now, I will say, that was Russ's worst game. Yeah, it was. By a, by a margin. Like, yeah. San Fran... His, what, his third interception of the year? Yeah, like, like, San Fran still took it to Russ probably better than any other defense has taken well, it yeah, to Russ. they're the best defensive front in the NFL. But they're going to do that. He, you know, he made the plays when he had exactly, to, besides yeah. the interception. That, that's how you will be. Yeah, but Russ did exactly what you do when you know when you overcome. But I also like don't look at San Fran any less. No, I don't think so. I like think this is like oh, three. see, San Fran's not a good team. No, I just think that that's like that's the best quarterback that they faced all year. They got to him about as much as he burned them. Yep. And honestly, when you think about it, Seattle's kind of built to beat them. Like San Fran's not a very good run defense. They're like a sneaky bad run defense. Now, part of that's because I actually heard it brought up um, on NFL Matchup on ESPN, which is a really cool show. Part of the reason why San Fran's not good against the run is just by their scheme because they do that wide nine, which I hate. I hate wide nine defense. I know it works, but when the defensive line players line up like like super wide gaps in between them because it's, it's made to limit double teams like it basically puts everyone in a one-on-one matchup and gives them better angles at the quarterback but you just leave like gaping holes like that one that russ had at the very end of the game yeah like you just leave just gaping holes for mobile quarterbacks to run on you and or running backs like chris carson who really needs to stop fumbling 
Like, I understand Chris Carson is, like, good. But Seattle needs to figure out. He's hand surgery. Like, yeah, he, he needs to go get hand surgery, get bigger hands. Yeah, bigger hands. Um, he needs those ludicrous hands from yeah. the video. Ludicrous is, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, he needs That's that. going to be the. Everybody needs those hands. Everybody in the NFL gets surgery <laughs> to have those hands. Um, We're going to have potentially a situation where those teams are going to be playing again week 17 for possibly, like, the number one or number two seed. In the NFL, and we're gonna have a really overqualified fifth seed. Yeah, that is gonna just bend the living hell out of the Dallas Cowboys <laughs> or the Philadelphia Eagles. Can't wait. I like, hope I hope it. Well, I don't know because saying that I wanted to be the Cowboys would imply that the Cowboys would make it to the playoffs, and you'd have to listen to Cowboys fans for like a week. Yeah, saying, but th- we in the playoffs. We done boys. Yeah, like. but then, but then Seattle. <laughs> no, but then Seattle or San Fran are just gonna. Just run them off the field. Did I, you watch that game on on Sunday night? No, I was in uh, I was in Cleveland at a All concert. Right. So let me let me let me Mi- run. Minnesota Vikings, a worse football team than the Seahawks or the Niners. Right. Maybe better defense than the Seahawks. It's but close. Defensive fronts not bad, right? Fucking Jesus, dude. I was with and our, Dak thrown for his life. I was with our. Uh, our friend, who's a Cowboys fan, it's the only Cowboys fan that I can like stand because he's a realist. Yeah. So he he was watching a live stream of the game on the way back, and he's like, "Man, I'm so sad." <laughs> <laughs> it was it was Dan Orlovsky on Get Up talked about it because he showed like, okay, so why you know talking about Zeke because the the whole synopsis of the game ended up being like, man, Dak looked really good in that game. Zeke did not look very good in that game. Zeke too busy looking up at the Jumbotron. And um, the, the, the camera went to the him. Big, up the, Jumbotron. the big like moment was when they were getting down. They were down four, and they were driving, and Dak was like insane on the drive. He was like six of seven. Yeah, I, I, I read a stat after the game. Every time the ball was in Dak's hand, he converted. Yes. Like literally every time he had, there were like six, there were like seven or eight third down and longs. Where actually, I could find it. There was at, so at one point in the game, Dak was just absolutely shredding the Minnesota Vikings, and Zeke was not having a good game. And they deferred to Zeke on that second down and two, where they ran it to him, and he got no yards. And then they gave it to him again on third down and two, he got no yards. He actually went backwards three. Yep. And then on fourth down and five, they threw it to him, and he didn't get it. So it was just like a this weird game where Dak was like killing it, and Zeke wasn't. And Dallas's play callers again. Your little theory about Car- uh, Kellen Moore and what uh, and what you know, whatever you want to say, you know they do. But um, I want I want to find the hold on. I gotta find the the thing about Dak. It was insane. I, I think it's safe to say uh, at this point that that Dak is like hitting his stride as a quarterback. Here, okay, and he's been playing amazingly. Here it is. He really has. At one point, um, Dallas had five third down and seven pluses, right? So third down and longs. Okay, there was a third down and fifteen. There was a tw- Dak had a twenty yard completion. Shit. Third down and 12, 20 yard completion. Third down and 12, 15 yard completion. Third down and eight, 12-yard completion. Third down and seven, 22-yard completion. 
and a touchdown. Yeah. Half so he was were... five of five for a hundred percent conversion. He had seventeen point eight yards per attempt and a touchdown. Yeah, and half of those were fucking Amari Cooper being a god. Yeah. And just with the excellent body control that he has and getting his toes down they, the last just, possible they're second. They're just a horrible situation team. Yep. The they're, terrible they're, situation. They're incredibly talented. They have to get way ahead. They're they're like one through fifty. What is it? Fifty-two men on a roster yeah. that usually play. One through fifty-two, probably top five roster. We would argue they have a top. They have a great offensive line. They got great receivers. They got a great running back. They got a great front seven. They got a good corner. They got above average quarterback. They are horrid situationally. Yeah, I'd insert Dak into the good quarterback range now. I'd say. He's good. He, nah, he's in that same category. Numbers to, don't lie, dude. He's in that same category to me as Kirk Cousins and Jimmy Garoppolo, where he needs more. I mean, than he, the needs, other guys. he needs a little. He's not like he needs top, more. He's not in the top tier quarterbacks that can manage a team by themselves, but because we've seen Dak without Zeke, and we've seen Dak without Tyron Smith, yeah, and we've seen is it? Uh, I'm sorry, I, I, Dak without. I'd put Dak you know, in that 14 to 16. Yeah. The tier where, like, he can, like, the 14 to 16 tier is like, you can win a Super Bowl with him. Yeah, absolutely. But you need pieces around him that, you know, lift him up. I think the same, I think the same thing about Jared Goff at this point. Right. Like, like Jared Goff, their offensive line, I looked, it was funny. I looked it up before the Steeler game, right? Did you know that they were, as far as sacks go, just sacks, they allowed the third fewest sacks in the NFL. The offensive line for the Rams. Really? Yeah. Now going that was going into now it's probably dropped down a little bit. But they're the 28th ranked pass blocking offensive line. So that basically means that they don't give up sacks but they give up a lot of pressure. Yeah. But Goff is dreadful when he's pressured. So it it might as well be giving up sacks. Yeah. Like, because if, if someone gets within, I think pressure counts as three feet within the quarterback. If someone gets within three feet of golf, it might as well be a sack. And, like, the fact that the Steelers were able to just, outside of the opening drive they had, they were one of 14 on third down. Ugh. One of thir- of 14. Jeez. Like, yeah, most of it was long yardage, too, right? Like, that was... Not all of it was... No, not all of it. I mean, the Steelers aren't, um, as far as defensive goes, they're more of a. I was actually going to get into this later, but like, the Steelers are really good at limiting big plays this year, like really good. So, but they're like mediocre when it comes to like actual defensive efficiency. Like, bend don't like, break. Yeah, they're like a very yeah. They're a big bend don't break. The two things they're really good at are getting after the quarterback and they're a top ten red zone defense. Like that's it. Those are the two things they're really good at. But for some reason, I don't know, is it, I saw a really interesting thing where people that are familiar with McVay when he was in Washington have been, are now kind of saying that, you know, McVay's really smart. McVay has a really, really good system, like really good, but he doesn't know how to get, like his adjustments aren't very good. Like when the system isn't working, he can't pivot and like change which makes sense because the games that he's looked the worst are the games against the teams that can best stop that style and that type of system yeah 
And again, we talked about it last year when they lost Cooper Cup, right? That little trio of receivers they got with mm-hmm. Cooks, Woods, and Cup, and how important it is that all three of them are on the field at the same time because they all three of them have specific roles and specific things that they do. Yep. Cooks has been gone for the last, what, three games? Yep. And they're what, one and two? Yep. In those games? Well, no, they're they're two and one. They beat, but they beat Atlanta and Cincinnati. Yeah, were the two games they'd won. And they went to Pittsburgh on. And then they had a bye week before the Pittsburgh game. And and they just they walked in and got bopped. And they're built structurally that, and you talked about this a couple weeks ago. Was like you're about to pay Goff, Gurley, Donald, and Jalen Ramsey all this money. All this money. They're gonna make up almost half your cap. You don't have a first-round draft pick, again. Yeah, Kirk, Cooks is gone. Yeah, so like, where do you find where do you find the means to fix your offensive line problems? You don't. Like, like they're not going to. They're going to run. The Rams are going to be like kind of like just like a fringe playoff team for probably the next like two three years. And that sucks. Yeah, it does because it's a really talented football yeah. team. Yeah, but they I'm have, not saying Goff's awful. No, Goff's in that. Goff is in that tier of Dak and Jimmy yeah, and Kirk fun. Cousins, where like you can win a Super Bowl with Jared Goff. No, but did. You, but you need, you need to be able to like protect him. You need to give him like good receivers. You need to give him like Todd Gurley, like healthy, which he's not. He'll never be healthy again. But I don't know, man. Like it, they built their team. They kind of. I don't want to say they did the same thing the Browns did. It's a little but different. It's a little different than what the Browns did, but like they started kind of from the outside in. Well, not even really from the outside in. They took like quarterback, running back, right? And then they did defensive lineman corner versus like doing quarterback offensive line and then like what basically what like the Dallas Cowboys did, right? Is they took they were high on like Smith and Leo Collins and um their guard, who I always forget his name, um, Zach Martin, versus like, let's go get, let's go draft, I don't know, high end receivers and cornerbacks and defensive tackles. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Colin Cowherd says it a lot. He's like, first you buy the house, which is the quarterback. Yep. And then you get the insurance policy on the house, which is the offensive line. Yep, that's it. Those are the first two things that you should always do. Not the... Because a lot of people are like, oh, first you get the house, and then you get, like, a fence. Like a fancy-looking fence, which is like... A, I think I think you should build the house, and then you put your your possession, your prized possessions in it. Okay. That's what I would do. I'm not going to... I'm not going to put a rookie quarterback out. Like, if I was the Dolphins right now... I'm not taking quarterback until I know like he's gonna be protected. I'm mm-hmm. gonna I'm gonna try fucking Fitz Magic out there again, another season, go four wins, five wins, six wins. How do we feel about what the Dolphins go are doing? Go get Trevor Lawrence. Yes. Ten, like yeah. Or uh, or Justin, is it Justin Fields? Yeah. Justin Fields from Ohio State. Mm-hmm. How do we feel about what the Dolphins are doing? They're I don't know. Like if if they if they are tanking, Fitz Magic is ruining it. I don't necessarily know. See, a lot of people that... <laughs> now the Bengals I, I, are like clearly... The Bengals... No, the ba- see, no, no, no. Here's the thing. The Bengals didn't initially think they were tanking. Well, now they're tanking. The Bengals were trying at the start. As soon as and they, they pulled just Andy blew, Dalton, yeah, And they tanking. blew it. Yeah. 
Now they're now they're just like, oh, we might as well tank. I'm so glad I was right that they were going to be the one of the worst teams in the NFL. I just got, them as the worst. I got talked in. I originally had them at two and fourteen in my projections. I got talked up to giving them like five or six wins. I'm in three and thirteen. I was so mad at myself. I'm Which like, God I'm damn still it. losing on them technically, with a very very God brutal damn. three wins. And I hate uh, that. God damn, it irritates me. And the Dolphins at six and ten. I think that's really realistic now. Speaking of the Lamar Jackson spin move, win shade of the week. Because yeah. that was the me, most disrespectful me the literal, thing. The literal shades he put on when he got yeah. back to the bench. Yeah. That's the shade of the week. Like, that was the most... Like that was one of the most disrespectful things I've ever seen somebody do. That's like fucking Matt and Mike Vick, like, just destroying people. Like. Yeah. Like... He spun. There was. A, it's a really cool picture because you see like the two guys chasing after him, and then the two guys converging on him, and it's a still shot. And the caption for the picture goes, "Lamar Jackson scored a touchdown on this play." And like you just look at the still picture, and you're like, "What?" And then you watch it. Kevin Harlan's call of it. The oh, he broke his ankles. Was like, yeah, that was great. So, and then he ran to the sideline and put shades on. Oh my god. Oh. Uh, Lamar Jackson is I was just talking about it with my brother about how people are like man the, the Jets could have had Lamar Jackson or the Browns could have had Lamar Jackson Lamar Jackson will work nowhere else it, that's what my brother said he's like Lamar Jackson could have probably went to maybe one other team that would have embraced him and like said we're gonna completely change the way we play football Yeah, and we're gonna completely change our way as opposed to the Jets who would have just Walked him out there and been like, "All right, do your thing. Be a be a pro style quarterback, and it wouldn't have worked. No, he would have died. Or, or the Cardinals, or the Browns, mm-hmm. or the Bills, all the p- teams that took quarterbacks that year. None of them would have been able to embrace a complete and utter culture change. Well, yeah, the only, like and, the Ravens. And did. there's only a few coaches in the NFL that can establish it that quickly. And and yeah. Harbaugh is really good. And that's that's. He's the kind of coach that can do that. And, you know, a lot of people forget how good of a coach he is. He's on a really He's like top five, probably. The, the only other teams that I could have imagined him going to that it would have worked. And the only reason why I'm saying it is because I think this is the type of offensive coordinator that can make it work. Would have been the only two I could think of would have been Sean Payton. Yep. Sean Payton could have made it work. I think Sean Payton would have. Completely embraced the idea of like he's already doing it with Taysom, right? Yeah, in a way, be the exact same thing except take out Taysom Hill, put in Lamar Jackson, would have been the exact same thing. And because Taysom Hill can throw, oh, Taysom yeah. Hill's got an arm. He's got an arm. Yeah. Um, the only other team I thought of outside of the Saints would have been like maybe San Francisco with Kyle Shanahan. Yeah. And that's, that's it. it. That's Those are the only other teams Lamar Jackson could have went to where he would have gotten this level of like. Success and glad he, I'm actually glad he went to the Ravens because of what they already had there. I think that the pieces they already had were really good for him, even coming in. You know, when they finally decided to get rid of Joe Flacco and just like being able to morph that offense into that, the addition of yeah, quarterback purgatory and Denver. right the, 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 the getting Mark Ingram, huge deal. Made a started MVP chant on the sideline. Loves his quarterback. Good guy. He's not going to win MVP, though. No, no, it's going to be Russell Wilson. It's going to be Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson keeps topping Lamar every fucking week. It's insane. Yeah. <laughs> the, okay, so, I want to talk, because we, we, we brought up the, the Packers defense 
last week yes. about how it's very similar to very porous on the left but, side. Yeah, very porous on the left side. Yeah, that, that's they pretty go. much just have two good pass rushers and a good corner, yep. two good safeties. Yep, that's about it. That's it. Kevin King got he, he Kevin King's uh, a good playmaker. He just constantly gets burned. Yeah, so he he's burned all the time by fast receivers. Are because Carolina like that whole drive? I was sitting there thinking to myself as that drive was happening with Kyle Allen the in the just blinding snow and Kyle Allen's throwing the ball to Curtis Samuel and DJ Moore and old Greg Olson who can only play three snaps at a time before he's got to come out. He's out almost every snap. He just doesn't get targeted. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's not out there running routes sometimes. Sometimes he just runs like a little rub route. Right. You know, he like jogs. Yeah. Um, Where he blocks. Yeah. He's still a big guy. I really thought as the drivers, I was like, oh my God, they're going to score here. Like, this this Packer defense is... And it's funny because when you think about what they did at the goal line, they ran the ball left. They knew. Mm-hmm. Ron Rivera knew. Like, all right, we're down at the goal line against the Packers. Run the ball to the right or to, to the left. It doesn't work as well in the red zone. No, because they, well, also, everyone and their mother knew that Christian McCaffrey is getting the ball there. Right. They have no timeouts. There's four seconds left. There's fourth down. You can run the ball you because even if you, don't, if you don't get it, the game's over anyway. Right, you ha- you have to give it to your best player. Yeah, so everybody knew Christian was going to get the ball. You just sell out to, to stop him, and then yeah. he did, and it worked. You said give the ball to your best player, and I immediately had flashbacks of that Jacksonville Texans game from the beginning of the year where they gave Leonard Fournette the ball instead of giving Minshew the ball, who got them down seventy yards. And well, yeah, I said give your best player the ball, but that's what that's immediately what I was Leonard like. Fournette is really good for giving you four yards every single time you hand him the ball until you're in the red zone, right? And did, then and then take him out. Did you know that Jacksonville is the worst um, rushing efficiency team in the NFL? Yeah, but they rank dead last because Leonard Fournette literally they can't make a big play to dead save his life. last. He cannot make a big play to save his life. He can he's make big plays. He just can't get in the end zone. Yeah, he's, he's they, worried about the he fucking. Can, he can he can rub, r- he, rip off a sixty yard. He barely does. Every other game he does. What the fuck are you talking Team, about? Here is the list of teams that run the ball better he's the than most, he's he's been the most explosive running back this year. Really? Yeah. I thought you no. Know, he individual because he because he gets the ball thirty times a game. Yeah, good point. And every once in a while he'll rip off like I'll give okay. It's a Saquon effect. The okay. Um, if we talk about like rushing offenses, okay, so Jacksonville is um, like for rushing success, okay? Jacksonville is ranked 32nd in the league, right? Damn. For rushing success. Explosive runs, Number they're one. third. Third? Yeah, okay. So, like, they have like two yard run, two yard run, three yard run, two yard run, two yard run, 80 yard run. That's what they do. The Browns do the same thing. The Browns are ranked. 26 well, yeah, Nick in the Chubb, league. Nick Chubb does that a lot. Yeah, he's, they're he's that 20, kind of runner. Yeah, they're ranked 26 in the league in rushing efficiency. It's a Saquon shit. Saquon Barkley does and, the same and fucking thing. And they're first in explosive runs. Yeah. That's all it is. Um, Giants, and eh, the Giants aren't. Um, Minnesota, same way. Minnesota ranked 20th in the league in rushing efficiency. They're sixth in explosive runs. So, like, there you go. That's what they're, that's what... A lot of that two, number. Two, three-yard chips and an occasional yeah. 60. That's what a lot of their numbers are from. Here, Like, just to give you an idea, here are the teams that are better than Jacksonville running the ball. Miami, <laughs> Chicago, Cincinnati, the Jets, Washington, Tampa Bay. 
Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay. Fuck. Wait, those are the teams. Obviously, they're ranked second. I gave it away that they're ranked last. But like, just like when you think about those teams being better at running the football than the Jacksonville Jaguars well, the when them, they like, have okay, Leonard like really, Fournette. The rest of them, like, okay, there's talented running backs on the team, but Tampa Bay, Chicago, Ronald, Ronald Jones has been. I mean, he's been yeah. killing ever it. ever since they actually decided to give him the ball. Right. He's doing better. But uh, Jameis hasn't. That team still sucks. Same as Jameis. Same as Jameis. Running running back out there, turning the ball over multiple times. That was the name of our episode last week. It was. Just go back and listen to it. it, It's the same as with Jameis. Again. I'll just... The wheel turns. We made a joke earlier in the episode, and I already forgot it, and I was going to say that should be the name of the episode. It was a repeat. We We made the joke like two or three times, and I already forgot what it was. I already forgot it. It was same as James. No, it wasn't. Oh, okay. <laughs> There's a couple good ones that 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 I might I might do. So my my Tuddly episode, the Coin Master. Every time <laughs> <laughs> I have decided the Coin Master, Geno Smith, the Coin Master. <laughs> yeah, dude. Um, do we want to talk about the Oakland Raiders and how they might actually make the playoffs? Oh yeah, they they are. A, they have a shot. They're in the race. I know we kind of just penciled the Bills in. I don't think we can anymore. I don't think we can anymore because it's been the 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 formula's been written where it's like the Bills can't stop the run. Um, they're not very good at it. Philadelphia kind of put that on, kind of put that out there like, oh no, you can run on this team. Yeah. And Josh Allen. As much as he wants to run around and make plays, and he can, he still just doesn't have the offensive pieces. And there was some our our Bills fan, our, our Bills friend, um, our friend Shane, who's cameoed on here before, talking briefly, messaged me after the game, and he goes, "Why are you running like quadruple verts on a third down and two? Which is apparently what they did. I mean, he like- he gave me like f- like five things." Because I didn't watch the whole game yet. I haven't watched the whole game yet because I have to. I can only watch maybe like three games a day in the games I miss. Right. Because I watch the whole game. So it's like I have to pick and choose the games because obviously I watch all the primetime games. And then I watch Red Zone. And then the first game I usually watch back is obviously the Steeler game. That's always the game first game I watch when it gets put up. Um, but he gave me like five things of just horrible like game management stuff that the Bills did. And I'm like, you do realize I don't care about any of this because at one point in this game, Cleveland had eight plays from the five-yard line and they came away with no points. If All right, so I was with a former Odell, not a former Odell, I was with a Giants fan yes. watching the game. I was with Dome. Or you, you might know him from FadPod. Uh, he, he makes our appearances in our draft episodes. But we were watching that, and the one play where he went up and had the ball in his o- Odell Beckham had the ball in his the the one hand in the end zone. Yeah, we we both said if he catches that, that that's his Cleveland moment. He plays out his contract in Cleveland, and he's like, it's the turning point of the season, like that that pinpoint right there. Mm-hmm. Just because you know that's the flashy Odell catch. That's what he does. Like right, yeah. that's what gets everybody motivated. That's the highlight real play. Right. So what are you thinking? You thinking that because he missed it? I it, it's gonna be put on hold. 
he needs he needs another opportunity to make the big uh, to make the big splashy play. Yeah. I think it'll happen eventually. Yeah, because I mean Baker hasn't been great this year, but he had he, Minka Fitzpatrick has more touchdowns this year than Odell Beckham Jr. Yeah, so does Taysom Hill. Yeah, yeah. Just want to throw that out there. Mm-hmm. Do you want to know who? Oh, you want to know what? Uh, we didn't do this. I actually didn't get the chance to talk about this because I did it after our episode. I have not seen, again, I didn't see the interception that he threw against Buffalo. Did he throw an interception against Buffalo? I think he did. I think he yeah, threw, I think I he think threw so, one. Yeah. I haven't seen it. Prior to that, I went back and I watched every single Baker Mayfield interception. Did that research. I time-stamped all of them. I went through every single game, and I found them through our game pass that we have. Shout out to NFL Game Pass to sponsor us. Um, I watched every single Baker Mayfield interception. Okay? There are 12 of them at the time. Eight of them, eight of the 12, are 100% on Baker. Either it's a missed throw, like he just misses the guy, or he doesn't read the defense. Eight of them. Right? Right. There are two of them that are 100% not his fault. The one against the 49ers where he hit Callaway in the numbers in the end zone and Callaway popped it up into the air and Richard Sherman picked it off. Or was it Sherman? I don't remember if it was Sherman or not. I think it was. Um, no, the, or Sherman threw the first one. That's right. That's right. Okay. Where, again, that was one of the ones that was on Baker where he drastically underthrows the wideout and Sherman just sits on it and just it hits him right in the hands because he underthrew him. Um, that one's not on Baker. And the other one that I didn't put on Baker is the Lawrence Guy quote-unquote interception where he bursted through the line and it was the shovel pass to Landry yeah, and he jumped in front of it. That's obviously not Baker's fault because, like, how many times does that happen yeah, that's a to a quarterback? Game. So, like, that's not on Baker, no. The other two are, like, the ticky-tacky ones where it's, like, the DB pops the ball up in the air, like, straight up in the air and... Like or like it hits the receiver in the hands where it's like questionable to like because someone brought it up to me actually they were like oh so the one against Seattle where he threw it to Landry in the back of the end zone and Landry it hit Landry in the hands and it ended up getting picked off I'm like yeah that's not on Baker no and they're like well what do you mean like he could have he like should have thrown it in front of Landry and stuff I was like if you're a quarterback in the NFL. And you got a guy running across the back of the end zone. He's covered. I'm like, every single quarterback coach in the entire league is going to tell you what. I was like, you throw it high. You throw it high. Because if you throw it high, 99% of the time, one of two results is going to happen. Either one, he's going to catch it. It's going to be a touchdown. Or two, you're going to throw it too high, and he's either going to miss it, or it's going to tip off his hands and go back into the stands. Right? Right. Those are the... Three potential options you have. Yeah. So that throw is not on Baker. Like, Baker no, threw so that ball in the perfect spot for Landry because he threw it high in a spot only Landry was going to touch it. Right. It just happened that it caught Landry's hand enough that it didn't go straight back. It went over to the right, over to, well, over to our right, to Landry's left, and the DB for Seattle picked it off. But, like, still, eight of these interceptions are on Baker. Yeah. It's not like he's. Like, and I'm not just saying that coming from someone who, like, wants to throw shots at the Browns. Like, I watched every single interception. Like, either he's wildly missing people, and that brings up, and the reason why I wanted to tie it in was the whole Freddie Kitchens doesn't look at stats comment that he made last week or two weeks ago now at this point, which everyone was like, oh my god, how do you not look 
fucking stats, brr. Because you don't, you know, as a coach, you don't look at stats, you watch film. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. I think, it's, I think it's still important to look at statistics for your own team. So, I think. As to what you're good at. It's, I think it's a, it gives you a good idea of what you need to look for. Right. It's, it's a perfect, it's an inclination of what you're good at, what you're bad at. Because it's always if you watch if you just watch film, you can kind of get wrapped in to the whole idea of you can kind of get you can't see the forest through the trees. Yeah. Right. Because there's so many moving pieces on any single offensive play that you can kind of get lost in it. Right. Whereas if you just step back and you say, oh, we're bad at doing this, but we're good doing this. Right. And you cut out the the theatrics of film, right? When you look at it and all the moving pieces of film, you can kind of be like, okay, let's isolate this, right? Let's isolate because what's the big being the big thing? Oh, they're really bad out of 11 personnel and they're really good out of 12 personnel. That's been the whole theme all year long, right? Yeah. Which is funny because last week against the Bills, they didn't run 12. They ran 21 because Kareem Hunt's back. So they ran two backs instead of two tight ends. Now, it didn't work as effectively, I'm sure, as they hoped, but it was still a new thing. So Freddie obviously has some idea of like, okay, well, I'm at least going to try to use Kareem and Chubb at the same time. You should. So Hum had a couple good plays. Yeah, um, his first game back. Yeah, and- it's it's you could tell that it was a package that, I mean, obviously they couldn't work on the package a lot all season because right. Kareem Hunt has been suspended. Well, he's only able to practice for like one week. Yeah. So it's it's tough to implement we something be able to like practice that. for no weeks. Yeah. It's it's been tough to implement a thing like that. So maybe as the year goes on, they get a little more efficient at it cuz I think that would be really cool. I think that would be a really interesting like if that's what the Browns went to offensively was like screw it. We're just going to put Chubb and Hunt out there. Similar to what the Saints did with Ingram and Kamara. You know, you got to defend them both. Yep, work for them. They like, both can catch the ball. They both can run. So hopefully that's something the Browns elect to do moving forward. But maybe it's you know, to have Baker throw more short passes. He's just gonna the ball's just gonna get tipped up in the air. DBs are gonna jump routes. That was the dangerous thing. Was that the Browns? The reason the because the Browns stunk at the things they stunk at. It put them in a position where the way to counteract it was also easily like prepared for. Like if you're bad if you're a bad pass protection team, the easy solution is okay, let's just throw a bunch of quick passes, right? Get the ball out of your hands fast. Well the problem with that is is that the defense knows that. So the defense is like, okay, we're just gonna jump routes. Which is a big part. So many of Baker's interceptions were just that on those quick plays. Yeah. On those quick throws where he's trying to get the ball out as fast as possible. The majority of the ones he threw, I want to say about six of them, were were that. Were him trying to get the ball out fast, and the ball either comes out behind the receiver, off target, or the DB jumps in front of it, or like the one, the, the third one he threw, or the second one he threw against Seattle um, on that slant pattern. Yeah. Where a lot of people are like, oh, that hit the receiver in the hands. That shouldn't be an interception. No, he threw it like two feet behind. Callaway. Yeah, he had to turn back. You, and it's a slant back. route. You have to hit him in front 
like in stride so he right. can ki- so he can take it. Like that's the whole point of a slant route is you hit him in stride, right? If he has to adjust to the ball and he's his body's going one way and his hands are trying to go another way. Yeah, he's, it's gonna be harder to catch. It's gonna be harder to catch. So it doesn't matter if it hits him in the hands. Like I could I could throw a bottle at Justin and Justin could probably react fast enough to get his hands up, but he's not gonna catch it. As opposed to saying, Hey Justin, I'm gonna throw a, ball, a bottle at you and then I throw it, he's gonna catch it. Right. You know what I mean? It's the same concept. Yeah. So he's not ready to turn his whole body around. Yeah. Um big news today was um I think it was announced what, yesterday? That uh, Colin Kaepernick yep, let's do this. has been, um, the NFL has, I don't want to say awarded Kaepernick a workout, but they have set up a situation where Kaepernick um, will be down in Atlanta and he'll be taking, he'll do be doing a public workout. He's also going to do an interview and any GM slash owner slash coach can come down and attend the workout and ask Kaepernick whatever they want. And yeah, we're gonna we're gonna see how that goes. So the three of us kind of talked earlier about you know how we were gonna kind of discuss this, and basically what I said was let's just let's just throw it out and see where if 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 I woke up this morning, or I say I woke up the day after the interview and the day after the workout, and I told the two of you he got signed. But I didn't tell you who signed him. Who do you think it would be? Chicago. Think Chicago? Mm-hmm. Why do you think? Um, I think the way I think the the brand of football that Colin Kaepernick plays, at least the way he did at San Fran, actually kind of fits what Chicago wants. They could also get away with paying him less, so they could pay their defense more. He's a better version of Trubisky, right? An athletic quarterback likes to run and throw on the run, and mm-hmm. yep, he's but used he, to playing with a. He's used to playing with big targets on offense, a good defense that give him extra possessions. Yeah, wear away it and off, wear it away at the opposing defense. Mm-hmm. It's, he's played that exact kind of brand of football in San Fran before. Mm-hmm. Like he 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 would he would probably meld right into that system. Uh, another one. Uh, this this be this be controversial one, but Carolina. I, that's that's one of mine. Is mm-hmm. Carolina? Kyle Allen has been doing pretty well. But I think if they have the opportunity, if, if if his workout goes really well and the interview goes really well and he looks like he is ready to play, I could see Carolina grabbing him. For he probably get a cheap contract, too. He's played, nobody's going to sign him for a ton of money. No. It's just the way it's going to be. You're still doesn't matter how good your workout goes. You're still unproven and haven't played in three years. You're, you're still going to get a minimal contract. Right. You're going to get like a rookie-level contract. Yeah. You're just going to have to deal with it and re-enter and prove yourself again. What do you think, Corey? I, Carolina was my one of mine, my second one, but my first one would probably be uh, Washington. Oh, okay. Because yeah, I, I think he'd uh, have good guidance for... Uh, Dwayne? Dwayne, right. They, they sign him as a backup. They also have way too many quarterbacks, though. Yeah, they do. Like, they're trying to get Alex Smith to come back. That would be an interesting dynamic, though. Alex Smith and Colin Kaepernick on the same team again. Mm-hmm. Okay, you ready for mine? Mine's way out there, and I have three reasons why. Okay, you, you ready? Pittsburgh? You ready? For- no. Let's say that would be there. cool, but no. Now he wouldn't fit there. Do you ready for this? Yeah. The Baltimore Ravens. I, I was thinking about them too. Let's back up. Three reasons why. One, if Kaepernick goes to a team, right, with a crappy quarterback situation, right, 
it's going to be the Tim Tebow circus. If he say he goes to like the Chargers, right? People think, oh, he's going to go to the Chargers, right? Philip Rivers throws an interception. You're going to see what's the camera going to cut to? Kaepernick. Kaepernick on the sideline. If he goes to, I don't know. If he goes to uh, Chicago, Trubisky has a bad drive. What's going to happen? Shot of Kaepernick, right? It's going to be this kind of this circus of there's going to be a lot of public pressure to make Kaepernick play, right? So he goes to a team. Lamar Jackson is the talk of the NFL. Not a single person, not one, not one person in the city of Baltimore is going to be like, Cap should play. Not one. Yeah, because they're like, okay, well, we have a good backup. Exactly. They could probably run similar schemes to Lamar, just not Number, as effectively. Exactly. Well, I'm getting to that. Number two, the reason why, it's Greg Roman. Yep. Who was Colin Kaepernick's offensive coordinator in San Francisco? It was Greg Roman. It was yep. Greg Roman. Mm-hmm. He knows the offense. Now, he might not be. Obviously, he's going to be rusty. He hasn't played in the NFL for a while. But all the terminology is the same. It's Greg Roman's offense. Not going to change it. All the terminology is the same. All the zone read stuff's the same. All the route combinations are the same. It's the, literally the offense he ran that got him to a Super Bowl. So he knows the system, which leads into the third thing, which is, say Baltimore by week 16 has got their playoff seed wrapped up, right? Say they're locked in as the two seed or locked in as the three seed, right? Mm-hmm. They got nothing to play for week 16, 17. Nothing, right? Pittsburgh can't catch them. Cleveland can't catch them. They lose to Houston. Or, or no, they they beat Houston, but they can't catch Kansas City and New England. Whatever, right? Yeah. Not going to play Lamar, right? No, I would So think. what do you do? For 16-17, who do you play? Play Kaepernick. And why do you play Kaepernick over RG3? Because Kaepernick, one, knows Greg Roman's offense, right? He's going to look great in those two games. He'll kill it, right? He'll light it up those two games. And then go back and sit down behind Lamar. If Lamar gets hurt... You also get the bonus of you get a guy who can run that offense. Right. Who's not injury prone like RG3. And then next year, team doesn't get the quarterback they want in the draft. Hey, Kaepernick looked really good in those two games. He looked really good in that workout. You have a second rounder. Got a second round pick. Yeah. Throw Kaepernick at him. It's a perfect situation. If he's going to go, that would be, if he's going to go anywhere, that would be like the dots line up perfect for him to go to Baltimore. He's going to be no pressure to start him, none whatsoever. If you have to start him, he knows the system, he knows the offense, and three, you could possibly play him at the end of the year and flip him for a draft pick because some team will be desperate enough if they don't get one of those high-end quarterbacks because this is a quarterback-heavy draft, especially in the first round, that potentially get Kaepernick. I thought about I like, that today. I like that. I like that one. I like it. Nope. Yeah, because if he goes anywhere else, there's going to be. Plus, Cam wants to go to Chicago. I, I, that's where I think. Well, that, that's what I think will happen. Cam's going to end up in Chicago next. Does he? Season. Does Does Trubisky immediately get benched? Yes, if they're smart. Now, or do they make them compete in camp? I mean, yeah, they'll make them compete, but it's not going to be a competition in camp. Besides the fact that Trubisky has a leg up on him because he knows the offense. Cam Newton without North Turner, though. Let's see it. We have seen it. It's very average. Yeah. He's very it. average. Let's see it now. He's, st- see he's started him. getting better. Well, let's the ball. see him They're in a hurt. good scheme like... Matt Nagy? Matt, see, yeah. Matt Nagy has some magic in his baggie. <laughs> Reach into that little Naggy baggie. That's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's the episode title, Naggy baggie. <laughs> pull out pull out eight yards out of the Naggy baggie. Throw that shit down. 
Throw Allen Robinson out running wide. Pull that shit out of the naggy baggy. Slam it down. Ew. You're making me uncomfy. <laughs> That's the idea. You're making me real uncomfy. Kuiper, what are the betting lines? Let's get to that right now. Uh, do this is a little me. bit of a shorter one today, but that's okay because our one last week was really long. This is me saving. This is me failing time because I've got to pull up the pull app up the butt and look at the betting lines. Oh, uh-huh, I want to talk uh-huh. about one quick thing. Okay, yeah, yeah, go. Um, so um, obviously one of the things that we've been talking about a lot, or like, or that I've been trying to incorporate a lot into the show, are these. These analytic pages that I read up on and look up, and I get them from people like um, Warren Sharp and um, Greg Cosell, who does the NFL Matchup Show. Yeah, and I try to incorporate them into the show. And um, I found this earlier. It was called the Playoff Factors Matrix, which was the four things that most correlated to success in getting to and winning in the playoffs. Okay. And the four things were offensively, it was explosive pass. Okay. Yeah. Rushing efficiency. On defense, it was pass rush and red zone defense. Those, Makes sense. So there were four things. Those are the four. Not to say that those are the only four things that matter. It's just the four things that the teams that rank high in these things, or the th- or the teams that have the biggest, the best combination of those four things. Usually make the playoffs. Like the Patriots every single year? Yeah. So, would you guys like to know where your team ranks in either of these four things? Yeah, shoot. Just give me give me one of the four things that I mentioned, and I'll tell you where the Packers are. Um, let's see. I'll do, I can do all four. Yeah, do all four, actually. Want. I want, all right. Yeah, let's do all Explosive four. passing. Should be pretty decent. Green Bay ranks 12th. That's not bad. Yeah, that's not okay. bad. Rushing efficiency. Green Bay is fourth. Yeah, Aaron Jones good. Okay. <laughs> Aaron Jones good. He's he's good for five every time you hand him the ball. It, it, makes, sense <laughs> he, it, it makes sense that he's, he's high good. Up on he's there. good for five yards every time he touches the ball. Um, it's insane how like good he's been. Pass rush. Okay. Now this is described as pass protection efficiency, but it's technically pass rush. Yeah. Green Bay is tenth. That's better than I thought it would. Honestly. So it's tenth is like. Like, 32nd would be like, you don't get after the quarterback. First is the 49ers. Right. Um, and then finally, red zone defense. Green Bay 29th. Yeah. So that's a big oof. Yeah. Oof. That's not good. It it's not snowing yet. It's not good. All right, let's go over. It wasn't to, snowing yet. We'll now that it's round, snowing. We'll go round table. We'll go to the Saints. <laughs> Saints. Explosive passing. 25th. Yeah. It's basically... Nine-yard comeback routes from Michael Thomas. Yep, that's yep. it. No real, no real. Um, <laughs> rushing efficiency is pretty good. It's fifth. It's yeah. pretty good, despite Alvin not Kamara. having Alvin Kamara. It's only, it's only been a couple weeks. Well, I mean, yeah, but it's still been... Um, yeah, whatever. All right. Um, pass rush, they're eighth in the league, which is obviously everybody knows that. Saints got a good pass rush. Yeah. And then um, red zone defense, Saints are eighth. Ooh. So we got Ben. Don't break. That's right. So we have three. Mm-hmm. So each. So so far, both of your teams have had three ones where you're like, ah, that's pretty good, and then one that's like, ooh, not good. You don't need to pass in the modern day NFL. Ah, oh, that's right. <laughs> All right, let's go. Apparently, you do because of these stats. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> let's go. Let's go to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Man, explosive passing. We're 27. Ooh. Yeah. And Mason Rudolph. Dude. Not good. 
Um, rushing efficiency, we're 28th. Ooh, man. Not good at all. On those defensive categories, though, here they come. Pass, rush, we're second. Yeah. <laughs> Only the 49ers are better. Red zone defense, we're seventh. Yeah. So here comes the defensive. The only teams that are better um, than the uh, than the Pittsburgh Steelers are the Carolina Panthers, um, the Indianapolis Colts, which is shocking, the Chargers, the Patriots, and eh, whatever Philadelphia, and San Fran. And then finally, we go to our late friend, Mister Matt Dustman. Uh, explosive passing, Kansas City is sixth. Obviously, some of that is skewed because uh, Pat didn't play all year. They probably top. They probably be. They probably would be top three if Pat would have played all game long or all season long. Rushing efficiency, they're eleventh, which is like obviously like middle of the road, mid tier. It's not terrible, but it's not great. Um, if we go to their pass rush, they're actually fifth. So they get sacks, but we know that from the Chiefs. They they're a pretty good pass rush team. Uh, and then red zone defense, they are 18th. So pretty below average. I'm sorry, red zone defense, um, they are 18th. Yeah, it's below average. So, um, But all of our teams are, like, in that middle ground where, like, you the guys Steelers. have, like, yeah, the Steelers are, like, real bad offensively like, in the two major statistics, like, but they're so good defensively in the right. two big ones. That, like that, it, that feels like one of those, like, outside playoff teams. Yeah. Whereas, like, Green, like, Green Bay... Like the other three teams, pretty much are all like playoff are, caliber. Are playoff caliber teams because they're they're only bad in one category, in one category right. but they're upper echelon in in three, which is funny because if you look at the playoff teams right now, and I'm not going to go through every single one because it'd be a lot of numbers and a lot of nonsense. Because I think about how long it just took me to do those four. Right. Um, if the playoffs were to end start today, that formula that I just said of the division winners. All eight of them are at least above average in three of them, and the four wild card teams are at least above average in two. So that's that's the the whole spiel of this is that you got to be you got to be at least good in two of them. Yeah. And for the Steelers, it's red zone defense and um, uh, pass rush. So. Makes sense. But anyway, let's get into... Um, I just wanted to bring that up because I thought that was really cool. Yeah, it's fascinating. Um, we'll see how it carries over as the year goes on. We'll keep... Uh, I'll, I'll keep checking it. So, Thursday night in what is probably the game of the year for both teams in Pittsburgh and Cleveland. Yeah, both are going to have something way to prove. Probably the most important game of the year for both teams. I'll be at a dive bar in Pittsburgh watching that game. I, I will can't be, wait. I will be... Um, I'm almost afraid to watch. I got a lot of... I, there are a lot of people that I've talked to, like a lot of Steeler fans that think, like, man, we're going to kick their ass. Dude, like, I... Because, like, like, the defense is so has been playing so good mm-hmm. that, like, you you put two and two together, you're like, okay, Pittsburgh defense playing good. Browns offense. Yo, I got a dilemma, guys. So. Not doing great. I'm, I'm going to Pittsburgh tomorrow, right? Uh-huh. Bur- birthday stuff. Big, big birthday stuff. Go to Pittsburgh and have fun, right? It, it's going to be 45 degrees in Pittsburgh, which means in Pittsburgh weather, it means 20 degrees. Yes. And I have to dress warmly, and my only warm clothes are all Packers clothes. Do I wear them and just to get deal with being harassed on the street by Pittsburgh fans? Steeler fans don't care. No, they do. Last time I went to Pittsburgh, I wore my Packers coat, and I was getting harassed on the street. But was it like... 
I mean, when I say harass, it's like yeah, making it, it, call it, it, people baby, making come comments. over here with that sweet green cheese ass. Yeah, it's <laughs> let me eat that cheese, baby. Like no, it was just people going, oh, Packers, huh? I'm like yeah, oh, it's, fucking it's, it's playful harassment. Yeah, I just want them to shut the fuck up. It's not like if you went to Chicago and you'd be like, I'm gonna kill you. Like it's not one of those. Well, I, if I walked into Chicago wearing my green beard, I also bring a bat with me because I'm going to town on those motherfuckers. Yeah. They touch me. Um, but like, anyway, <laughs> Chicago fans are too busy fighting themselves. Yeah, that's, that's also the, yeah. You a Cubs fan? No, I like the White Sox. You son of a bitch. <laughs> you want this deep dish pizza? Too bad, I kick your ass. You probably don't even like ruffles. But uh, I, I, I like ruffles. Piece of shit. <laughs> um, Steelers are getting Steelers are getting two and a half. Steelers, I, are, Steelers, Steelers are the underdog. Um, you, you, oh. you talk about a recipe. There's a recipe for disaster for the for the Cleveland Browns, where you just talked about how how like not good their pass protection is, and that Steelers line coming at them. It is a recipe for disaster. I want to see. Because I don't know if you guys saw it, Baker like asked people like I want it like dead silent in the stadium when we're uh, on offense. When we're on offense, the problem is it's Cleveland and Pittsburgh are so close to each other. You're gonna have a lot of mix. Like you're mm-hmm. gonna, it's gonna be a mixed crowd. I think always I re- is. I I really want to see how quiet the stadium gets. Like because like people think like because it does. It does, If you haven't been to a uh, a game, mm-hmm. it does get pretty quiet when the home team's on offense. It's supposed to, yeah. And it's definitely a change from when you know the opposing team's on offense. Uh, but like nobody really ever asked that. Like, I guess I've actually seen some Cleveland fans kind of mad at him. Uh, he's not the first person who's asked that. They were like, "Hey, man, like, shut up!" But usually they do it like, while they're on the field. They'll go like. Ask them to quiet down. Like linemen will do it. Yeah, but yeah, no, I've never seen. I don't think yeah. I've ever seen somebody do Pittsburgh, it. Like Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, like Cleveland games. Even if it, no matter the stadium, it's always like a. It's usually like a sixty forty split for the home team. Yeah, like when it's in Pittsburgh, there's still a lot of Cleveland fans, and when it's in Cleveland, there's still a lot of Pittsburgh fans. Pittsburgh getting two and a half. Um, James Conner's playing, by the way. Oh, okay, yeah. Pittsburgh. Um, I don't. I'm. It's a recipe for disaster. It's not, though. It's also a recipe for the Steelers thinking that whatever. They're going to get like six sacks on Baker. No, they're not. Yeah, they are. Fal- Shut up. Fal- Falcons <laughs> at Panthers. Falcons are getting five and a half. Um, Bills at Dolphins. Sneaky one here. Dolphins are only getting five and a half. So Vegas Ooh. is starting to get a little... Vegas starting to get a little, like, ballsy on the Dolphins. He's wising up on that Fitz magic. Yeah. That's what it is. Cowboys at the Lions. We do not know if Matt Stafford is playing or not. But right now, uh, the line is four and a half for the Lions. The, I just went flaccid thinking about the, that game. The problem with that is he has fractures in his back and the doctors literally wouldn't let him play last week. Yeah. Because I, don't, I don't think he's going to no. play this week. Uh, he still I, has fractures in his back. He might not play. The, he's putting... I know, like, between Lamar and Russell Wilson, they're, like, yards and yards and yards ahead of anybody for the MVP race, but mm-hmm. he's putting up, like, MVP like caliber numbers for having fractures in his back. Yeah. Yeah, I think if you took the other quarterbacks who have fractures in their back and are playing, it's none of them. And then there's Matt Stafford, who needs to not play. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm just Sweet like, God, I'm not. I'm not trying to give like, I'm not like trying to support him playing. I'm just saying like, 
this is like for like him like being at the beginning of his career people being like this guy has some injury issues like this is like he's like a tough dude like he's, yeah you gotta be you're, you're putting up that wanna, much adversity like everybody always the fucking cliche on radio is like he's tough as nails mm-hmm. I'm not gonna say that you did shit <laughs> um, Broncos at the Vikings uh, Broncos are getting ten and a half and this this um if you follow your pie chart for Kirk Cousins, this is a home game indoors against a bad team. So wait, that fills up quite a bit of the pie chart. Wait, did uh was this last week was the unknown because it was It was it was an indoor road game in prime time against a winning team. So the so now we have to add Against a black quarterback. Yeah. Onto that, so. Yeah. Yeah. This is, this, so we got another, we got a bunch of, you got to fall, you got to fill in your Kirk fold. Cousins uh, pie chart to figure out whether he's going to have a good game or not. Jaguars at the Colts. Jaguars are getting to it. Jaguars are underdogs in that game. Despite Jacoby probably not going to play. Um, we don't know that. Another game to Saints stay away from. Jacoby, Jacoby probably going to play. Okay. Ty probably not gonna play. Okay. Well, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. Saints at Buccaneers. Buccaneers are getting five and a half. Take the Saints in that game. Yeah. Um, Jets at the Redskins. Another barn burner between the AFC East and the NFC East. Uh, the Jets are getting one and a half. Don't bet that game. Um, Texans at the Ravens, which is all of a sudden a gigantic game. Um, the Texans are getting four and a half coming off the bye week. Cardinals at the 49ers. The 49ers are the Cardinals are getting 13 and a half. Just crazy to me. Um, Bengals at the Raiders. The Bengals are getting 10 and a half. Patriots at the Eagles. Um, the uh, Eagles are getting three and a half. Bears at Rams. The Bears are getting six and a half. Is this the first time they've played since the Super Bowl? Yes. And Chiefs at Chargers on Monday night. The Chargers are getting three and a half. So what do you guys think? Uh, taking the Patriots. Ooh. Okay. All right. Uh, talk about recipes for disaster. That entire offense against the Patriots defensive backfield. Oh, oh, yeah. Those the slow, yeah. crappy receivers they have. Yeah, no deep threat. They are in trouble in that matchup. Jackson coming back? Nope. There you go. He had surgery on his... Oh, uh, yeah, that's right. He's not coming back. (laughs) They are fucked. The Eagles are fucked. This is going to be bad. My two are the two NFC South matchups. I'm taking the Panthers minus five and a half. The Atlanta Falcons basically just played their Super Bowl. Yeah, and then they're now done peeing out. And now they're they're going outdoors against the Panthers team that is going to be a little ticked off of how that game ended. And then the other game is the Saints at Buccaneers. I'm going to take the Saints minus five and a half. I don't know about that one. I'm going to stay away from that. I don't like I don't like it when those two teams play. High-scoring game, usually. Kind of scary. If Marshawn Lattimore doesn't play, I might consider not taking that game. I'm operating under the assumption that he does. And if he does, then that basically means that an entire player on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense doesn't exist. Uh, ten on ten. Stay away from the Lions. Stay Obviously, away from yeah. the Colts. Stay away from games where you you have quarterback questions. This is like a must for 
You don't, you don't, here's, you don't know. Here's an interesting one. You play some one. bets before Sunday. Here's an interesting one. I would take the Raiders minus 10.5 against the Bengals, but you know what I would also do in that game? Hmm. Whatever the over is, I would take it. I see. I can because see those that. are two really bad pass defenses. I can see that happening. Like, really bad. Like, I understand that Ryan Finley didn't look great last week, but he's going from the Baltimore Ravens secondary that has Marcus Peters and Marlon Humphrey and Jimmy Smith and Earl Thomas yeah. to the Oakland Raiders is, like, massive. So, like, I think the Raiders will cover that game. They'll probably win by 12. Whatever the over is in that game, I'd take it because... The Bengals are not going to stop the Raiders' offense, and the Bengals could probably put up points against the Raiders, at least for a while. Yeah, I can see it. That's a good one. That would be another one that I would take. That's a good Ten and a half is a big number, but it's a non-divisional game. The Raiders have a little bit extra time because they played on Thursday, like time to like kind of rest and, and get ready. And John Gruden knows how to draw plays to take advantage of a bad defense, and the Bengals' defense is bad. Really bad. Like, real bad. So... Josh Jacobs going to run all over them. Should I take the... You said the Steelers. Joe Mixon going to have a good game? He going to have a good second half of the season? Um, Raiders' run defense is sneaky good. It's like top top half of the league. Yeah, but they're going to pass him the ball. They'll probably just throw him the ball. Yeah. Joe Mixon was that one of those players going into this fantasy year that I was like, I'm not taking him. I really don't care what round it is. Um, I picked him up off waivers. And he's worked out i don't know he's fine we played this week hyper i'm gonna lose to you you keep everyone that has gone up against me in liga has told me i'm gonna lose to you and then my team scores 55 because one week your team's gonna score 125 and it's gonna be this week i scored 125 week one and i lost when i don't have saquon barkley tyler lockett Saquon Barkley, who's been getting you a whopping, like, 13 a game. It's still points. <laughs> like, I don't know what you want me to say. It's still, like, I'm so uh, when he plays, I still get 20. I don't have T.Y. Hilton. Fuck, fuck this year. Like, <laughs> I, I know, like, you're 0-10, but this, t- this year has been, like, a disaster for me. Just constant injuries, bye weeks. I mean, everybody deals with bye weeks. I got but, lucky. Like, but like my injuries yeah. don't happen when they're on bye weeks. I, like when, when I, I got really lucky playing Kuiper when I did, because it was during it was in the middle of my two week bye week hell, right? I had the I had mo, half my team was gone in that first major bye week, with, you know two weeks ago, and then the rest of my team was gone last week. So it was just half and half, right? So half my team's gone. Cooper Cup puts up a goose egg. I had to start. Fucking oh, I forget. I, I started. You started Trump's. Brian Hoyer. That's right. I started Brian Hoyer and whoever the Dolphins were using as a running back that I had to pick up off waivers and threw them in against Kuiper. Brian Hoyer didn't score one point. He scored like point four five. I beat Kuiper by like fifty. <laughs> I still scored hundred points. So let, let's let's catch everybody up for those of you that don't know. I'm in five leagues this year. Um, Shouldn't I'm have in, traded Lamar. I'm in two. I know. I'm in two. Uh, I'm in two ESPN leagues. I'm in three NFL.com leagues. Uh, two of the NFL.com leagues I GM. Um, one of them is the one that, as the guys have mentioned, I am 0-10. My first round pick was Le'Veon Bell. My second round pick was Antonio Brown. 
Um, you were so excited to have both of them on your. T- you're like, this is the first time ever I can have two of my favorite players, two former Steelers, on my team at the same time. You were so excited. It's. I'm. I'm trying to. I'm trying to give yes. the audience sympathy yeah. to you. Um, I I drafted Josh Gordon in that league. He has not been great. I drafted Lamar Jackson, didn't play him week one, played him for the next three weeks. He scored 30 every week. I still didn't win. Um, I ended up trading him away from Matt Ryan. The (laughs) game I put Matt Ryan in was the game he hurt his ankle. I then picked up Jacoby Brissett after losing Matt Ryan. He got hurt against Pittsburgh. So... Two quarterbacks back-to-back that I either traded for or picked up got hurt in the game that I started them. And now I am 0-10, and I don't want to talk about this team anymore. I dra- My draft was Barkley, T.Y. Hilton. During the draft, T.Y. Hilton's MVP quarter, MV- MVP candidate quarterback. Retired. Retired during the draft. Yeah. So that was the, that was the first, like sign that this was going to go downhill <laughs> third round i take carry on johnson fourth round i take tyler lockett i think you took tyler lockett in the and, fourth round and tyler boyd after that but anyway so first things first we lose barkley in week two we lose ty hilton week three they come back we lose <laughs> we lose carry uh, on carry on then we lose tyler lockett or no, we lose T.Y. Hilton again. Then we lose Tyler Lockett. What am I supposed to do? Like, like, <laughs> like I can't have... I just can't have a healthy team. I'm, yeah. st- I'm still doing... I was, in, I was in the top six for a while, for a few weeks. I lost this week. So now I'm, like, eighth place. Like, I'm still doing, like, decent. So, which makes me wonder, like, if they fuck... If my team was healthy. It makes you wonder, right? Right. To give you an idea of the of the the polar like the separate poles that my fantasy league or my fantasy season has gone, um, I'm in another league um, that uh, my brother actually runs, and I am nine and one in that league. I'm the best team in the league. It's an eight man league, and people are like, oh well, that doesn't really count. Well, no, in eight man leagues, it's almost harder because every team is stacked right so your waiver moves need to be like super good because like if you have bye weeks like you get you get hammered with with bad bye weeks um just to give an idea of like how this league has gone basically um i gotta pee justin's gotta pee i got pee um talk about that good stream so talk about that good stream um, hey, it's still 2019. We're still standing pancreatic cancer research and all that jazz, okay? Okay. It's prostate health. Baby. I'm not sure if the mics picked any of that up. But did, the, um, did the mic pick any of that up? It's very quiet. Uh, he basically said that it's still 2019. We're still repping men's prostate health in 2019. Baby. Baby? Baby. Um, oh, I'm looking at the wrong... Um, I was looking at the wrong thing. I'm trying to figure out 
where... Is this the right thing? I can't find the the statistics that show like where players are. Um so in this league that I'm in with my brother, um I have two top 5 running backs in Christian McCaffrey and Aaron Jones. He has uh Dalvin Cook and um Austin Eckler. I have Michael Thomas and he has Chris Godwin. I also have Mike Evans, and he has Tyler Lockett. So my brother and I are basically just beating everybody in this league because we have, of the top 15 players, we have, between the two of us, we have eight of them. So that's basically the that's the, that's the opposite end of the spectrum for me, is that I have one team that has not won a game, and then I have another team that I've only lost once. And I've just been dominating people. My youngest brother, who's 11, told me he has a league where he has, it's an eight-man league. He has uh, Michael Thomas, Cooper Cup, Keenan Allen, Amari Cooper, Tyler Lockett, Aaron Jones, Alvin Kamara. Damn. What order did he draft him in? Couldn't tell you. Like, that's what I want to know. I want to know the order that he drafted. Scoop Aaron the guy. Jones Lake because people were iffy on him. I was not. The two players I, I told people this. The two players that I have on a lot of my teams that I was so ridiculously high on was Aaron Jones. I was ridiculously high on Aaron Jones. I, I would have told Genhart to draft him early in league. And I was, I was the the number one player on my board that wasn't a running back was Michael Thomas. Because I was looking at it, I'm like, okay, they have a. Stupid easy schedule when it comes to pass defenses. They play in a god-awful division when it comes to pass defenses, right? Mm-hmm. And he's literally the only one they throw the ball to. Yep, that's it. Yeah. I was like, I am drafting Michael Thomas. He averages 24 points a game. Yeah, he averages 24 points a game. Like, And the other one I was Aaron Jones was because I'm thinking, okay, Matt LaFleur is a stubborn offensive coordinator that runs the ball too much even when he shouldn't. And Green Bay is a talented enough offense with Aaron Rodgers where they're going to be in the red zone a whole lot. And when Matt LaFleur gets in the red zone, all he's going to want to do is run the ball. And if you look at Aaron Jones, a lot of his fantasy production this year, he gets like 30 yards rushing and four touchdowns. Tied for first in rushing touchdowns now. So was it like nineteen? Yeah, those were the those were the two uh, those were the two players that I was super super high on, and the team Christian McCaffrey. I played two zero and ten teams this week in fantasy football. That's fucking sick. I'm gonna lose both. Of them. You're yeah, you not are. gonna lose both. <laughs> I'm gonna beat Dome this week. Uh, but I got Aaron Jones on by. That's sad. I just want to give a quick shout out though. We got a we got a new listener today. My uh, the guy I work with, Tito. Told me it's earlier today that he was like, you know, I've been listening to a lot of sport, uh, podcasts lately. He's like, just like about random stuff. Like I listened to like Gilbert Arenas' podcast. I listened to like Nick Cannon's podcast. He was like, you have a podcast, don't you? I'm like, yeah, I do. It's called Football After Dark. He's like, can I get it on uh, iTunes? I'm like, yes, you can. He's like, can I get it on Google Play? I'm like, yes, you can. Shouts to my mayor, Tito Brown. Yeah. His name's Tito Turner, but. Shouts to my mayor, yeah. Tito Turner. I just want to give him a shout out. Because he might listen to this. Very good. He was like, I'm going to download Spotify right now. And listen like, to it. All right, cool. You also going to follow us on Twitter at FADPOD? Hopefully. 
He's a Patriot fan, by the way. So. Shouts to all those new listeners that we got in this past couple weeks. Is he not going to follow us on Facebook because he's not a Don't boomer? follow us on Facebook. No. Yeah, and by the way, shout out to... Uh, we don't want to... We're not going to get too like, behind the scenes, but like our numbers like skyrocketed this week. Our downloads like went through the roof. We yeah, don't do any... We as as a podcast i listen to always say we don't do any advertising all our advertising is through word of mouth so we appreciate you yes very much thank you very much tell your tell your uh, friends that you listen to these three sometimes four most of the time there's four the last like month there's only been three of us well we've had it we've had again hurt yeah we've had again hurt a couple times but yeah tell your friends that there are these four Dumb nerds that sit in a basement talk about football for an hour and a half at a time every week, and sometimes they say funny stuff. Yeah, it's, Colin Cowherd said any 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 boy can't, can't you know yell on Twitter from a basement about football. Like, I'll do you one better, Colin. I'll do podcasts from my That's basement right. about football. That's right. <laughs> and That's put it right. on Twitter. Put it on Twitter and put it on. I'm gonna add him. I'm gonna, gonna add him. You're gonna add him. Yeah. And about, say about, what? And say like. I shout about I shout start about football from my basement on Twitter. We start a flame war with Colin Kaepernick. It's gonna be bigger than the flame war between not Colin Kaepernick, Colin Kaepernick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, what did Kaepernick have to do with this? <laughs> gonna start He's a flame war. Sign right now. <laughs> start a flame war with Colin Coward. It's gonna be bigger than the flame war between Colin Coward and Baker Mayfield. No way. That's impossible. That's legendary. Beef. We're gonna have the whole country beside, behind us instead of just Cleveland behind. Can I Baker. tell you? Can I tell you one of the big reasons why I don't think we're gonna win on Thursday is because Cowherd spent so much time today just talking, trashing Baker Mayfield. Like he's specific for no reason. Like he just went on a random tangent about Baker, even though they won last week. And I was like, why? He put us, and on top of that, he gave us the kiss of death and put him and put the Steelers in his top five, in his top ten in the herd hierarchy. He put him tenth. I'm like, what a double kiss of death. I'm sure he probably put the Saints out of the top ten too, just for no, no reason. No, he didn't. He, they were like third. Son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> he had the Ravens at number one. That's fine. So, which it's, makes it's, sense. It's understandable. They could be. Yeah. Now you got. I, no, I think you got a gave, four team toss up. He gave me the double kiss of death though. He put the Steelers at 10, and then he talked shit about Baker today. I'm like, you are sowing the seeds of my disappointment. Yeah, just I'm for you. I'm so upset. You are just cultivating you. my depression. He is. He really is. I talk like if we win, I'm not going to come in here and talk mad shit. Shouts to farmers <laughs> as long as they're not, you know, the bad ones. What bad ones? The fucking... Animal farmers, those are the bad farmers. I'm just giving shouts to farmers. Shouts to the green farmers. Oh, the the veggie, the veggie and fruity farmers. Shouts to your local farmers. Local farmers market, sponsor us if you're a farmers market. Don't do that. Please sponsor us, farmers market. <laughs> what do you not want to sponsor? For? Please. I just don't State wanna... farm. Shouts to my that, that, shouts to my not... main insurance man, State's Farm. Oh, say, like, that's not an actual farm. Mr. State Farm, please send us a check. That's not a farm. Check! Check, please! Farm! Sponsor us, farm! End it!